Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, and welcome to the latest episode of Bibliotheques and Discussion. Today, I am joined by another returning guest, and it's my pleasure to welcome back uh, Rachel Talibar. Good evening, Rachel. Uh, good evening, Ewan, and thanks very much for having me back on the show. It's, uh, it's a my pleasure. Rachel was a guest number three, I think it was, back in September 2020, I think it was. So, yeah, nearly eight, nearly 18 months, if not just over 18 months. So, um, back in those days, it was it was testing out the format. It's fair to say that the format hasn't changed one little bit since those test episodes. Um, so, obviously, maybe works, or if it doesn't, I've just decided not to change it. But we're obviously here to discuss Rachel's Latest book, albeit it's, I think it's now well and truly sold out, um, Tides and Tempests. But before we get into talking about that, Rachel, it would be great for those of you who don't know you or know your work, if you could give us an introduction to yourself. Sure. Well, um, I'm a professional photographer and I specialise in the coast and the sea. I don't really photograph anything else. Um and that's about it, really. Um, yep, three books now. And the latest one was Ties and Tempest, which was in, uh, I think it was published in December 2020. So not long after after this um, Bibliescapes got going, really. Yeah. Yay. And um, that's it. I don't think there's much more to say. <laughs> <laughs> short, short, sweet, short, sweet, straight to the point and factually all correct. Um, yeah, I, th I think when I think when we spoke, we discussed your previous book, which was Sirens. Knowing fine well that uh, Tides and Tempest was on its on its way out, um, and at some point uh, we would have you back on to talk about that. So, yes, I'm really interested to to hear how I suppose you approached the third book and. What, what, how did your approach vary? Because obviously you'd done an initial landscapes edition with Kozu, which was the, the small format book. Then you went on to do Sirens with uh, Triple Kite and then came the, the bigger hardback, more big coffee table book again with Kozu books. So I suppose what was your approach different compared to your previous publications? Well, I think with Tires and Tempests, I really wanted it to be a, um, a high-end luxury book. Sirens was part of a series. Yeah. Um, it was a bit bigger than previous ones in the series, but it was very much in the style that Triple Kite was doing. So um, slightly thinner paper, a smaller book. And it, I just thought it would be really nice to do something that had a really more luxurious feel to it. So I'd, I'd already owned a few books by Kozu and I knew that they produced books with that aesthetic, if that's what the uh, photographer wanted. I, for example, Colin Bell, his book Healing, I had, I was one of the lucky ones who got that because it was a short print run and sold out really fast. Um, and I've still got it, still one of my favourite books. And it was one of the early deluxe ones that um, Kozu Books did and, and it's a very beautiful book. So. It seemed to me that that was the way to go. So I approached Greg and I said, look, I want to do another book. What do you think? And he was keen. Um, so for me, the, the idea behind Tides of Tempest was everyone knew Sirens and they knew that series. The, if for those who, listeners who don't know, they're fast shutter photographs of monstrous storm waves named after mythological beings. So very, very specific project. But it's by no means the sum of my work. I do lots of different work, albeit all seascapey. 
And I wanted to try and show the quieter side and some of the intimate details as well as a few more sirens because um, when we were going to press with sirens, we had um, a typical nature knows how to screw things up right. We had a completely massive, brilliant storm, the second best storm we've had on this coast in the whole of the time that I was working on sirens. And I got some of my most well-known sirens I photographed during that second storm, Storm Brian. And I managed to persuade Triple Kite at the last minute to swap two in, but we couldn't start changing the layout of the book. It yeah. was already too late. So some of my most well-known sirens aren't in sirens. So it was really nice to have a, a new book that was going to incorporate some sirens that never made it into the original sirens because they came along too late, as well as more variety. So not just tempests, but also tides. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 re I really like Tides and Tempests. I think it, it really represents the broad range of the seascapes that you do shoot. I love the intimate detail shots as well, which you've been obviously able to incorporate. And it, and it, it just shows the, the sheer variety that you get at the sea and the coast as well. It's not all about the stunning waves. It is actually about looking down at your feet and just beautiful patterns, beautiful stones, and just the way the water is moving around them. Yeah, I and mean, I love all that stuff. In fact, if I if I were to go through my Lightroom catalogue, which would take a long time because I think there's just under 200,000 photographs on there. But if I went through that, I know. <laughs> and um, that's quite funny because I saw a post by David Ward on Instagram this week talking, um, dismissing this spray and pray approach to <laughs> photography. And I thought, oh, dear. <laughs> but anyway, I'm slightly oversimplifying it, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but if I were to go through that, I would probably find more intimate scenes than um, the other sorts of photographs. And even now, Tides and Tempests still uh, majors in the bigger vistas and the waves. Um, but actually, I've been concentrating on the intimate scenes for, with the exception of Sirens, for about seven years um, before it came back into vogue, really. Yeah. Um, so perhaps there's another book in the future that's just just that sort of thing. We'll see. Yeah, I, th I think it's, it sounds really interesting. You you start with the big, huge waves. You go to something that's a combination of waves, bringing intimate, and then you you your your next one is actually looking at the intimate the intimate sea. And um, I also really like the fact that you you've now introduced. I think it's primarily shot around four different locations that that you visit on quite a regular basis. So again, it just brings in it brings in those the different geographical elements that the, each location plays. Yeah, for me, it's super important. I've witted on about it a number of times. Super important to to go back to places over and over again. So I have really concentrated on on four particular areas. So that would be another possible theme for a book, I suppose. But I'm more wary of that because I've always told all my clients that my work isn't about location. Yeah. So it would be slightly odd for me to then make it about location, perhaps. But who knows? All ideas are on the table. Absolutely. And that, that's all part of it. I think you, you go out, you shoot and, and ideas form from, from the work that you produce and what path it goes down isn't necessarily the path that you think you'll start when, when you begin to undertake certain work or some, certain projects. Yeah, 
definitely right. And I do feel that I've still got some another sirens I've got to just get done because um, I would like to do a really stupid, I think I've told you about this yeah, before, yeah. a stupidly niche, big format sirens of just my favourite from the series, but super luxurious, no expense paired vanity project and I think that might have to happen soon now because I've mentioned it to too many people <laughs> yeah you if, if you mention it to many people people will begin to repeatedly ask when is when when is this uh, when is this special edition special collection of sirens coming and as you say it, off, it offers you an opportunity to include just a selection of your favorites ones that maybe haven't appeared anywhere before and what's really nice with Tides and Tempest is, is the book's now getting slightly bigger every time which really works so well for for your work the, the scale you you can really begin to appreciate some of the scale of 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 the the sea monsters that you are photographing, um, and I, th- I think, as you say, if, if you're if you're if you're minded to ever do your larger format as well, you could you could probably push 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 the scale out even more within all realms of uh, uh, appropriateness to to produce something that could it really begins to bring them to life. I think. Yeah, and and it would also be lovely because some of them are either sold out now, the limited editions have sold out for the prints or have very nearly sold out. Um, and once that's happened, then they never get, you know, that's it, the editions are done, I can't sell any more prints, but they can still go in a book. And, you know, it'd be nice to, to maybe give them one more opportunity to get out there. Yeah, absolutely. And and how, how did how did you how did you find curating this body of work relative to curating sirens? I I, I quite like the fact that you're still I enjoy the fact that you still name all your all your your waves and all your images. And I, I suspect it was probably a saving grace that you didn't have to think of too many more um Greek names to fulfill the requirement. But how do you go about se- selecting the images that you wanted to to share across the body of work? Well, um, for me, I didn't want to have too much repetition. So I think yeah. there are only two sirens in the in Tides and Tempests that were in sirens. Yeah. And I also tried to avoid um, duplicating the coastal seascapes that were in the first Kozu book I did, which was yeah. called Coast. So that immediately eliminated a number of pictures. But I still, I think I sent Greg about 300 or 350 pictures <laughs> but actually that's that's barely enough because we were we were putting 120 pictures in the book yeah so actually that's not as many as it initially sounds but for a smaller book that would be overkill i think but for a book of this size you need that many because you need to have the flexibility to sequence according to um color mood yeah aspect ratio you know all those things um and obviously there are always going to be pictures that you, you as the photographer personally love that just don't fit in the book because they won't sequence yeah. with the others. So, um, you know, that, so I didn't actually initially have to be super selective. I just sent 300 pictures that I hadn't published before with two exceptions that I liked well enough to share with the world in a book. And then Greg did the first sequence and then poor Greg, I, I completely changed it beyond recognition. <laughs> I don't know if he's 
used to having photographers who do that. I'm not sure he is, but I did. I, I spent a whole weekend on it and messed with it a lot, but um, that's okay. You know, it's a collaborative uh, exercise and um, he was perfectly uh, adaptable, which is quite important when you're working with a publisher. You need someone who's, um, who's willing to listen to what you, the photographer, want. Um, and so uh, in the end, we got there, but it was it was really about the flow of, as I say, colours, mood, having black two black and white sections in a colour book is challenging. And also I really made it hard for him by writing four essays, little short essays to go in the book as well. So um, I think it was probably one of the more complicated books to lay out in the end. Yeah, yeah, but I, I think I think it's been a phenomenal success, and I, I like the I like the introduction of the essays. How how important was bringing some text into this book for you? Well, I would never have thought of that, but for Alex Nail, so it's all yeah. Alex Nail's fault, <laughs> um, because I've always um, shied away from that. I've thought a photo book should just be photos; they speak for themselves. And that's very much my style on Instagram. You know, some photographers, every time they put a picture up, there's a long essay yeah. either about, you know, what they have for breakfast, which is quite entertaining, or depending how they write it, there's some, you, we all know who I'm talking about, some yes. of them are very entertaining and that's great. <laughs> and other people write all about how they took the photo and all of this and, and location and f-stop and the whole, and on my Instagram, you know, is quite often is just a title and a year and very little yeah. else. Um, so it's just my style. I've always thought if the photo can't stand on its own, if it needs a load of text, then it's not good enough, which is perhaps too hard, but that's how I've always felt. Yeah. Then I bought Alex's book and he's got lovely photographs, of course, but he's also got these little essays in there through which he really shares his passion for the places that he photographs. And I found myself, much as I love the photos, don't get me wrong, I found myself liking the essays even more because it was an insight into his mind yeah. and his spirit and his passion. Um, overused word, but it applies on this occasion, his passion. Yeah. And I thought, wouldn't it be nice actually to change my mind and include some text? So that's why I did it. Yeah, I, I think I think it works really well. It, it really gives a lot of context to to the body of work, particularly particularly the books. It's it's not a it's not a small book as you mentioned. There's one hundred twenty images and or something like that. So it's it's a it's a substantial amount of work. And I think just bringing text into it gives a lot of context, gives a bit of background and, and insight into your your thinking, your approach, and and really what I suppose what drives and inspires you. Yeah, I think most people have liked the words. Yeah. And those who haven't probably can just ignore that bit and move on to the photos. <laughs> yeah. But but as you say, it's like when you've got two hundred odd thousand images to sell to in your Lightroom catalogue, you're not going to have an issue, I wouldn't imagine, selecting three hundred or three hundred and fifty pictures. It's a it's a fair it's a fairly small number. I'm I'm sure you've got plenty spare that you can uh, you can save you can save for the for the next project but it's, it's really nice to see to see the intimate landscapes or the intimate seascapes i suppose come, come into the work as well and, and how did you how did you find creating a balance between the different locations that you were shooting in yeah i basically let location go um okay, yeah. and made it about the, the flow of, yeah. of the pictures visually so although I do talk about location, I talk about having four places that I go back to over and over again. Um, 
overall, I didn't let that drive the yep. selection of the book. Um, there's a black and white section, which is almost entirely photographs from Oregon. But there are, I think, two or three photographs in. There's one from Wales and, you know, there's yeah. one from somewhere else. Um, so I didn't make it a location of feature and I didn't give the location of the photographs yeah. for each photograph because um, I have some concerns about that environmentally anyway now. Yeah, I, I think now when you when you begin to see location, and I think a lot, I think more and more people now are kind of shying away from giving too much information for for fear of, as you say, the, the environmental aspect, and all of a sudden you just have troves of people going down to try and recreate shots that uh, that they've maybe seen elsewhere. But uh, but no, it's, it's a lovely blend and a lo lovely mix, and I really like the flow of the book in terms of. You're looking at sometimes some of the beautiful waves and then you're down to intimate aspects of the land and then it's something that's maybe a bit more traditional that's been shot up in the ha up in harris in the islands where you where you've just got the beautiful stunning beaches and, and the lovely movement in the water i know somewhere that you you love to visit quite frequently as well oh yeah um every every year with one exception 2021 because we were in lockdown um, this year, I've always gone in February because there's never anyone else there. But this year, <laughs> the week that I was there, it felt like everybody was there. And many of them were leading workshops. So I'm now going to have to go in January instead. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I think there's certain places in Scotland that are slowly just becoming 12 months of the year. Someone will find a reason to be in Harris, Sky. Glencoe, wherever it is, every given month. Um, and as you say, yeah, people run in plenty of workshops as everyone goes to it, try and get their own take on it, on the Outer Hebrides. But be as beautiful as they are, it's, uh, it's always interesting to see what everyone comes back with. Absolutely. And actually, it was quite nice that some of them were there because um, the little story here, not very book relevant, but um, I, uh, I got pinged from the flight on the way out um, and the uh, COVID pinged, um, yep. someone on the flight had COVID. And you, at that time, you didn't have to isolate if you did a lateral flow test, got a negative result, obviously, every day for seven days. And I only had two tests with me. And um, Mark Littlejohn was there with his client, Jill Hood, who is a right. lovely lady. And Mark is obviously a lovely chap. And he and I had been messaging each other because he kept seeing me, sort of, are you that mad person down the beach and things like that, and uh, standing half in the sea, you know, and we'd been messaging each other. So I, and I said, oh, yeah, yeah, this has happened. It's so annoying. I've got to waste tomorrow getting some tests from somewhere. And Jill said, oh, no, I've brought more than I need. I can give you five. So we met up in the car park at Rosamore. And Jill gave me five more lateral flow tests. And they were so sweet because I'd assumed they were going to do some photography on Rosamond. Because Rosamond was super convenient for me. I was staying in a cottage on Luscan Tartlight. Yep. I assumed they, it was convenient for them. But no, they delivered the tests and then they drove off again. <laughs> and they were staying on the other coast of the island entirely. So they'd driven all the way over there to give me these tests. So I think Mark and Jill, they're superstars. Yes. Mark, as as you say, Mark's uh, Instagram stories are always are always worth such such a good read. Beautiful photography, one wonderful stories though, absolutely wonderful stories. Always nice to see what he's been up to. So and and it's also in terms of uh, tides and tempests, a couple of quite chunky black and white 
sections as well in terms of that how, how did you find that in terms of incorporating it within a body of of color images as well because i know it can be some people might find it quite challenging interestingly enough the black and white ones turned out better than many of the color ones right. which was a surprise um but we took some care over it um yep. looked at them in um grayscale duotone and some other thing that i've forgotten um <laughs> And uh, and decided on which one we were we were going to go with, and I've forgotten now what it was because it wouldn't be helpful for others to know because it yep. it varies with the pictures and that. Yeah. But, um, I was worried that they would possibly come out a little bit flat, and most of them actually have retained the tonality that I that I would have wanted. So I'm yeah. pretty happy with how the black and white sections turned out in the main. Yeah. And you're never going to be a hundred percent satisfied because. You know, if you, especially if your your main work is supplying limited edition prints to galleries and buyers, yeah. so you're absolutely crafting your prints on an yeah. individual basis, and you can't print 120 pictures list in a litho print and get every one <laughs> that same individual yeah. care. So you have to compromise. Um, but actually, I'm pretty pretty happy with the black and white sections on the yeah. whole. Yeah, the, 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 as you say, the tonal range of them. Of them is great and yeah they're they're you, you're you have to look at kind of the averages and the balance between everything because over 120 images some some images color black and white will always naturally just appear slightly maybe better or as good as you'd hope and other ones it's, it's a balance whereas as you say when you're when you're uh, printing out all your prints individually you've got total control over it and you've got total control over every aspect and every detail to make sure they're perfect something that you don't have when everything's going through the same printer and you've got 120 images that all all, all react ever so slightly differently but uh, and how did you how did you find the, the process of working with Greg again because obviously you worked with him historically for the landscape editions and obviously great to take him on board, I suppose, his advice. And I, I can imagine you'd have pushed him on the, on the sequencing, as you mentioned earlier. But at the same time, it's always great to be able to have someone who's got the experience of producing a number of other high-quality books to, to feed back on and give you their own, their own input. I do quite like working collaboratively. I think yep. um, sometimes you actually almost all the time, I need that second opinion. And yep. um, so that, that's one of the huge benefits of working with a publisher rather than self-publishing. Yeah. Um, be, because you get that balance because sometimes you're too close to your own work yeah. to see everything objectively. Um, it was, we had extra challenges because I wasn't allowed on press, for example, because there was a lockdown. Yeah. And um, obviously Greg has to make decisions based on his, his you know, policies at work and one of them although I was allowed to travel because it's my profession at that time in the rules you could travel for work it was against his policy to have outsiders come into the factory which I had to respect yeah which meant that I didn't get to go on press and there are errors in the book that I would have picked up if I'd been on press yeah. so but you know no one can help the virus right you know that's that, that, one of those yeah. things yeah yeah that's beyond anybody's control. Um, and there frankly, there wouldn't have been a book at all but for the first lockdown, because I wouldn't have had time to do it. So, you know, swings and roundabouts. <laughs> yeah, that, that's it. And it, it, there's always challenges, no matter, you could do another book in a few years time, and I'm sure 
you'd be able to access press or, or, or work differently. But then there's always, as you say, there's always different challenges. And if it hadn't been for your first lockdown, would you have found the time to spend curating the body of work and, and, and pulling it all together? Possibly not. So we've all got locked down to be grateful that uh, Tides and Tempests made it made it to press in, in its entirety. But you must be delighted as well with the feedback that's been received for the work because obviously a lot of people really follow your work. No, not just not just the Siren series, but obviously all the all the, all the additional intimate work that you've been doing as well. So it must it must have been great to get the feedback from from everyone, all your followers and, yeah. and people who support your work and attend your workshops. It's always a wonderful feeling when someone likes your work enough to spend money on it. Yeah. And um, the book sold out pretty fast. So that was we did a thousand in the end. That was um, you know it's a really nice feeling and um, just makes me um, really really grateful that other people like my stuff enough to spend their money on it it's it's lovely and it's it's, it's as simple as that frankly yeah yeah ab absolutely and it's it's appreciation for for, for the work as well but but it, it's been it's been beautifully printed I, I really like the i really like the paper choice the paper selections i think it works well for works well for the images i really like the i really like the cover the simplicity of the cover as well i'm sure was it maybe at one point i think you'd talked about a cloth cover and then ended up with the paper cover but but i think it works yeah, really we well we were going to have a picture on the oh, cover picture. yeah um, yeah but no one's fault but there was a crisis at the lamination laminators and um I don't know if you remember because I think we were chatting through the yep. process and I kept messaging my angst. Yeah. Very nice. Um, <laughs> yes, the, uh, there was a, a problem with the lamination and the uh, they yeah. just kept coming back and then failing Greg's quality control and thank goodness for Greg's quality control. Um, and in the end, we had no choice but to abandon that cover, which must have um, cost somebody a lot of money um, yeah. and go with the cover that it has now. But actually, I do quite like very I, simple yeah and, I, and the I, colors nice I like the color yeah the, the color's really nice i really like the simplicity i think it adds a real class class finish a class element to it as well with with the with the lovely just the lovely detailing as well in your logo in the back as well i think it's yeah it's really nice really classy and um, so I'm, I'm really quite interested so if you if you if you ever do do your siren special edition would you be going much bigger bolder and I, I know you i know we've talked about it at length in the past in terms of really doing something to bring them bring them to life i think in in scale yeah i'd like to do something as big as not as thick because that would be boring because it's such a defined um, set of work. Yeah. So not as many pictures as, but in terms of the physical dimensions of the book, the same size as Paul Kenny's Sea Works. Oh yes, yeah. Which is a substantial book. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, I'll put it's it up a... there. It's too heavy. It's too heavy yeah. for me to get down off the shelf to show. But yeah, it's it's a bit. It's, it's a big a... book. Yeah. And yeah, you at that point, yeah, you've really got the opportunity to bring some of some some of the some of the creations creations to life. And I think also if you're doing a smaller run with more control, you've really got uh, your your paper choices and paper selections really open up to probably far greater. If it if it, particularly if it's no expense spared sort of stuff, then you can really yeah. open yourself up to maybe testing out 
all or, or the majority of the images to see how they all work in different papers and, and really become quite specialist and, 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 and focused at that point as well. I think it could be really good fun and even maybe some, we'll see, but some pullouts like um, yeah, yeah. like in works. Um, that's a nice way to make a picture. Because yeah. quite a few of my pictures are 16 by 9 aspect ratios, so that could really work. Yeah, well, yeah, you've got yeah, a lot of them. You can get the three fold out, so you can mm. really get quite wide. Todd Heidel, he's another one who does huge, big pullouts. One of his books, it's about an A1 size pullout wow. for which really is you need space to open it but it is it's it's pretty breathtaking to see so yeah i think all all these aspects become opportunities and possibilities to really as you say push the boundaries for one final run of of sirens for your favorite images and and really just show them and display them as as you want to particularly on the size of scale that um, you're probably accustomed to printing them out at as well yeah I think so, but um, it would be a, if I'm lucky, break even. <laughs> There'll be no money in it at all. It well, would just be satisfying personally to do it. I, I suspect that's probably very, very much likely to be the case. But at the same time, it's, it's an it's an, it presents an opportunity for you to present the work uh, as, as you want to. And I, th I think that's, uh, I think that's always something that everyone as artists should look at. It's, a, it's about how, one wants to see their work being displayed. We spend so long taking it, researching it, returning to locations, processing it, getting it ready, getting the narrative already that it, it should be about how we want our work to be seen. And if someone wants their work to be seen on huge big scales and in a in a basis that it's it's a it's a very small run, then then that's to me that's that's the way it should be should be seen. Yeah. I think so, but we'll see. I've got to have time to do it. And at the moment, I don't have time to do anything but work. Well, but yeah, well, that, that's it. It's, it's, it's not necessarily a bad thing. And, and how, how do, what, have you got other projects that you're working on as well? You obviously mentioned you, you might see a couple of other books or other projects that form part of your work. Yeah, I mean, there are lots of ideas. I'm never short of ideas, Ewan, as you know. And there's just too many and not enough hours in the day. And um, I have been so busy the last eight months. It has been completely insane because all of the workshops that were postponed during lockdowns have been slotted into what was already a full timetable because my workshops book two years ahead. So it's not like there was this blank period to reposition them. So I've been doing double workshops for eight months and it's been crazy and I'm more or less through that so I've got a few other things that need to be sorted out and then maybe by July I might have a couple of months to get some other things done but um, the big thing I need to change now is I've hardly had any time to make new photos this year and I'm missing that so um, I think that needs to come next. Yeah absolutely I think we all need to have some time to to produce some new work I've done very little as well, partly due to the weather. Um, conditions haven't been particularly great. But yeah, I think it all, at the, but at the same time, I think it's always quite nice. You have a wee breather and you come back to these things refreshed, ready to, to make some new work. And it's the same printing, making books, whatever, working on projects, a wee bit of time away. And um, you come back with a million ideas, ready, refreshed, and not nearly enough time to 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 do it. But uh, but that's that's part and parcel of of 
what we all do and what we all enjoy doing and um it's it's Absolutely. just it's just it's just something a wee bit different and it's uh, yeah it's 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 always good it's always really interesting to see what other people are doing and what other people are producing and and the work that they're doing as well so um all all great stuff and uh, i know we obviously discussed some of your favorite photo books the last time you were on, I'm sure you've probably bought one or two books in the intervening period. Not that I'm taking any responsibility to do with that whatsoever. Uh, deny, deny, deny. So I'm always interested if, if you want to share another four or five of new, either new favourite books or favourite photo books that you weren't, you weren't able to share the last time. Hopefully I've got most of them, otherwise it'll be an expensive, an expensive next 15 minutes, I'd imagine. I think it might be. Um, well, um, so as, as you know very well, you and I have an expensive photo book habit, and I certainly have bought many, many more books since we last talked. Um, I, uh, I'm going to mention a couple just briefly because they're mates of mine anyway, and but I know that you'll have had them on. Um, so I will just mention their books, but then I've tried to pick three others that hopefully maybe no one has or um, at least you haven't featured them and if you have nope. you can tell me good. I'm not sure so um, first of all very good books uh, by two of my mates um, obviously Simon Baxter's Gathering Time came out um, since I was on this show and I love it um, Simon and I share a similar approach to the, um, the way we make our photographs and we even did a joint workshop together back in 2018 in Scotland, um, surf and turf, we call it. <laughs> um, so for those who don't know, Simon is a, is a, a woodland photographer specifically, so uh, they, that explains it. Um, and it's a lovely book. I really enjoyed yeah, that book. really nice. And um, I knew it would be good. I knew, I knew it would be good because Simon is a perfectionist. Yeah. Um, and then um, another new one out, which um, I wrote the foreword for, in fact, is David Southern's book, and I think you've just had David on the show recently. Is that right? Or have no, you no, he's he's someone I've got, I've not yet bought his book, but it's it's on I, one of my it's one one of my wish lists. I, I have seen it, and I, I I've I'd seen you had got it, and you'd written the foreword as well. And I've also several people have actually sent it to me as well in terms of a book that I should be looking at. So it's one of these things that it is on my is on my list to to date. But is North Northumberland photography yes think, yeah david is a member of um um i have a little collective i don't own it we're all equals but yeah. david there are seven eight of us and david is one of that group and i first came across david's photography many years ago because he used to live in godalming which is not so very far from me um but he's since moved to northumberland and i think it's been a very successful move for him um and his book is almost entirely in intimate um, yeah. seascapes, landscapes at, along the Northumberland coast. Um, and he's particularly good at finding lovely textures and patterns in sandstone there. Um, and he works very, very hard, gets out you know, crazy early hours in Northumberland in the middle of the winter, standing in the sea, you know, up to his flies in seawater he's got to be mad right but that's when he gets the good light and, and the tides in the right place for the rocks he wants yeah yeah it, it, I've, I've seen some of his I've, I've been following his work on on Instagram I think it is or whichever social media platform um, and yeah it looks really really nice beautiful some beautiful 
just close in the patterns the textures the colors of the rocks as well really yeah. really nice stuff so yeah i'd imagine that one that will probably i'll probably once i find a, a spare second i'll probably be ordering it adding it to the bookshelf along yeah, with exactly. i think you won't be sorry and it was nope. an honor an honor to be asked to write the forward for that so that was nice um so shall i get on to three yeah and you're going to disappoint now because you probably got them all already um but there we go so have you got american geography by matt black I don't actually have it again. It's another one that's it's, it's another one that's sitting on a list. Uh, I'm two for one. You're, you're doing you're doing pretty you're doing pretty well as as a starting point. I'll give you that. But no, it's 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 one that is one that I've seen, and it's 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 one of these things that I I add a lot of books to wish lists, and then there'll be something else that comes along that is is something that just really captures me and my mind then gets taken to to buying that so it's, it's one of these ones i will i will get around to but no i'm interested to hear your thoughts on it yeah so it's it's a big chunky book yeah. um how many pages is it it is i don't know if it's got page numbers actually yeah, it does so it's 168 pages and um it's a six-year project and he traveled a hundred thousand miles 46 states photographing, exploring poverty in contemporary America. Um, so it's social documentary. It's really, really well done. Um, the layout is very thoughtfully done um, to the all sorts of quirky ideas that not just a whole load of pictures of poor people, which, you know, yeah. sounds, sounds dismissive and awful. I can't believe I just said that, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and for example, he's gone and photographed um, a whole series of begging um, signs that people who are sitting begging in the street have written about, you know, the reason they're there. And he's done a whole montage of some of them. I don't know if you can see. Oh, yeah. Your viewers Fantastic. Can listen, so they can't see, but you can. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the book is full of details like that, plus little snippets, little um, anecdotes of people he's encountered um, traveling, he is traveling on a budget, staying in um, hostels or, you know, motels and using public transport. So he met lots of people and heard lots of stories. Um, so I, this is brand new to me because um, every year I just had my birthday, it was on Sunday. And every year for my birthday, I treat myself to some new books. And this is one of them. And out of the ones I bought this birthday so far one of them hasn't arrived yet this is my favorite very good Ooh. yep yeah i i That's did one. i did i did look on his website because he does have he does he does actually have a a, a magazine version of american geography it's like it's a web it's an edition he only he only sells it through his website but I remember looking on it, but the problem was is that shipping was the same, basically the same price to the UK or at yeah. the time when I looked, you didn't, you couldn't ship to the UK. Now I think you can, I think it's about the same price, but I, I looked at the magazine type thing because it was like a slim that folded out and it was just, an, it was a really interesting format, but um, I'll take a look at the book again. Yeah. Well, I got the book um, in, in um, the UK. Yeah, so, yes, yeah. Am I allowed to mention the, the Absolutely, retailer? Absolutely, yeah, fire on, yeah. Uh, beyond, beyond Words, yeah. I got it from Beyond Words. Um, so shipping, not a problem. No, absolutely. 
Yeah. Okay. Right. Now let's see. Have I got you? I doubt. I'm pretty sure you've got this one. Have you got Sun Water Being by Brian Austin? No, I don't. Um, I'm 3 1 down and I've yes. lost. Oh. <laughs> 3 to 1. Yes. <laughs> I'm almost 100%. I know you've got the last one. So it's going to be 3 to 2. So oh, right. Okay. Noble, yeah. A good victory. Yes. Um, yes. Yes. So this one. Now, this, when I first got this book, I'll be honest, I sort of looked through it and I thought, oh, yeah, this is a beautiful thing. But I kind of flicked through it, thought it perhaps was a bit samey, a lot of repetition, put it down. And then one day I sort of thought, oh, I've got some spare time. I'll just pull a random book off the shelf and have my coffee with it, try and chill out when working too hard. And I looked at it again and and it it's actually really powerful. Um, it's one of those books you need to keep going back to and just look through it, let, let it just sink in without thinking too hard. Um, so there, it's a combination of pictures. He photographed a few trees really far away on the horizon using a very long lens. So yep. you get some interesting sun effects going on behind and interesting light in some of the other pictures. But he also... The being in it so we've got sun we've got water it does um a bit like do you remember matt botwood did a, um, a yeah. series about um i think it was matt botwood with a pond with yeah ephemeral, with was it in, ephemeral pools i think it was yeah something like that so that sort of thing only bryant's own version of it and then the being is is um a whale and photographs of the eye of, of a, I think it's a grey whale, probably more than one. Yeah. And he's brought them together in this really quite surprisingly haunting, powerful book. When I look at some of these pictures of the distant tree with the big sun behind it, even though they don't look remotely like it, they make me feel the way Rothko's giant black and red paintings yeah. make me feel. Yeah. They, they almost pulsate. I can't think of a better, they're throbbing with power and energy. Yep. So it's, it's fabulous. And it's very interestingly put together because each page is just a double, I don't know if I can show you a double oh, sheet. Right. Yes, folded, Fold, folded so, back, yep. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's, there's one of the whales. Oh, fantastic. It's just absolutely amazing. And it's one of those books, as I say, that, haunts you afterwards you maybe don't realize when you first look through it that you're falling in love with it and then it does it just insinuates itself into your imagination so and it's beautifully presented it comes it's a lovely big book and it yep. comes in a, oh, a nice lovely form. thing to keep keep it safe um yeah very highly recommend this you oh, i will take a look at that you deserve it yeah 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 okay I keep telling myself that every time I see a, every time I see a new book. Wish lists just get bigger and bigger. They're all over the place. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. It's sorry. only fair that I get revenge for all your <laughs> naughtiness of me. <laughs> so I am like I'm I'm 99 certain you have got the day may break by Nick Brandt. Yes. Yes. Yep. All right. So I thought you did, and that's my third of the three that I was going to talk about tonight. Yep. Um, see that I'm uh, majoring entirely, in fact, in black and white. Very much. And um, Nick is such, I mean, Nick is your, as an A-lister, 
for, in yeah. the photography community. Nick is right up there, you know, super, super famous, successful A-lister with work held in museums and, you know, international touring exhibitions and the whole, whole nine yards. And yet he is a really nice, open, friendly, modest human being because I can't remember, I think I commented on one of his pictures on Instagram or shared it. I share other people's pictures quite often um, yep. on Instagram. I really like and um, was astonished to get a message from him. And he was really nice. And how can I get hold of sirens and saying nice things about my work, which I was I was having a bit of a fangirl moment, I'll admit, because <laughs> amazing. So I was on my God, Nick Brandt knows who I am. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, he has uh, done some amazing work. I have two of his books. I'm only mentioning this one, The Day May Break, because it's the newer one. Yeah. But I equally love Inherit the Dust, which I also have. And um, these are these are big production books. Yeah. Um, really, really powerful stuff. Um, and Nick's very as am I, very concerned, as we should all be, about the state of the planet. And in this series of work, he's travelled to Africa and he's photographed um, people and animals that have been displaced by climate change. And he's put them in the same photographs. They're all single exposures. There's no, um, not that I, I personally don't think that really matters, but some people that really matters to them. Yeah. And um, and then he tells the story of the person who's been displaced and of the animal and loads of the proceeds from this go to um, the Big Life Foundation and other um, really good organisations that he works with to try and um, help people and animals who have been displaced. And I'm just going to see if I can find my favourite picture in here. You'll know the one I like. It's the one with the owl. There's more than one with the owl, but there's one with an owl in the foreground standing, looking down, and loads of people in the background. I and whenever I see mean. that picture, it makes me feel like crying, which sounds really pathetic, I know, but I am a girl, we're allowed. Um, <laughs> Any excuse? Yeah. Well, I'm not a very weepy sort of girl, as you could probably guess, but I can't find it now. Anyway, go and look at look online for it. I'm not going to waste your time by looking through this book. Um, <laughs> It's just really powerful, powerful yeah. work and with a really important message. But I think with documentary work highlighting the issues, quite rightly, in that the, the aesthetics of the photographs are less important. Yeah. It's about the subjects in them and the message. Yeah. But for Nick, it's, he's got both. He's yes. got to have the impact, but they've also got to be sublimely aesthetic. And yeah. um, I saw his um, prints from Inherit the Dust at uh, Photo London um, a few years ago, 2018, I think maybe. And they had put a whole room for it and they were really big and they were incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, beautiful. No, yeah, I, I've, I've, because the, the day may break, I think that was out towards last year sometime, wasn't it? So um, I must look up his other, his first book as well. But no, I'd love at some point to see some of the prints because as you say, it's it's documentary, but they are sublime, beautiful shots as well. So 
it, it would be lovely so to if see. I, if I had done Inherit the Dust instead, would I be four for one? You would be. But the thing is, you're not because oh, you, no. you, you didn't. That that's <laughs> that, that that that's the way life works. You see, what what I'll do is at some point I'm I'm going to go and dig out a few books shortly and just send you down a couple of messages and and we'll we'll just even that's we'll even the score sheet up a wee bit with with a couple of suggestions for you. So uh, there's there's many many guests I speak to these days where I don't have the, the I don't have many of the books because. The, the range of books that I, I, I hear people speaking about is, is so vast, but it's really good. And what I enjoy doing is I don't buy all the books. You can't, I don't have space for them all. And, uh, but it's, it's great to just be able to explore the photographers and the artists who are behind the works because it, they, they all just give you a wee ideas, inspiration. And, and it's great to see, it, it's great to see what inspires other people. And, Okay, it's like we, we spoke about 80-odd episodes ago, but it's, it's really quite fascinating that some people, their favourite books are maybe the first book that got them into photography um, or it's got a special connection where it correlates to how people shoot or subject matters that you, you don't necessarily shoot. It's, you shoot seascapes, you don't shoot documentary um, in, 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 in Africa and, and in remote parts of the world but it's, it's really interesting just to see that you can still be inspired and still enjoy the photo book of other people's works and that's what I, that's what I really enjoy about it is I, I don't need to like if, if I don't need to shoot the subject myself but I can still enjoy it and appreciate what this what the story is and the narrative that someone else is telling me in, in their work. Absolutely right in fact I'd probably say that I tend not to buy seascape books by other yep. people uh, I, I think yeah it's much more interesting to go and look at other genres for sure yeah absolutely and I think I think it's really great inspiring and it's, it's great just to see how everyone pulls puts together their own books and and what what makes a book work for them size paper choices everything like that what some person likes another person doesn't and and different images work with different different papers and different size and scale so um i think i think it's really interesting it's great to see people excuse me self-publishing some small zines some small books to be able to get their own work out there to a small audience and i've spoken to people who have done runs of 25 30 copies and you, you don't need to do huge huge numbers to be able to to share your work with other people and it's all it's all great with with what you can do now in technology yeah i completely agree and um i've got lots and lots of tiny zines by various photographers on my shelf as well one of yeah. the ones i quite like getting although i haven't done it this year and i should is um there's a twitter competition called share mondays that yeah. i i don't do twitter competitions because as you know it would never work for me because i have this ridiculously long gap between photographing like, a picture and actually getting likewise. around to even looking at it so yep. i can't do those but i really i bought one of their um zines they do a zine at the end of the year don't they yes you've got some of them. yeah i've got it i've got i actually i wrote the foreword for this year's one uh, let me see. Oh, did you? yeah i did yes i've got the last couple over here yeah yeah 20 yeah 20 so that's them there that's the last two and then there's 2021 as well so yeah, yeah. but they're, they're wonderful I, I i think it's fantastic you you get a huge selection of different images that changes one week to another depending on what the conditions are like but also depending on who's judging the previous week 
um, in terms of what 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 inspires them and what interests them. And yeah, I think I think it's a it's a great project that uh, Dylan Nardini set up, and it kind of there's there's no there's no exterior forces determining who wins. It's purely just the last last week's winner's choice. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's a nice thing to to do. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Always, always good to see, and good to see the the winning winning images at the end of the year as well. Just put together a nice a nice compilation. But yeah, like you, my 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 process and uh, time frame is is several months, not um, a couple of days. So um, I occasionally enter, but very 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 rarely, to be perfectly honest, just from from time. But uh, but no, it's it's all good. And yeah, you obviously have uh, a long process because you've got hundreds of thousands of photographs to have to work through. <laughs> well, it keeps oh, well, you busy. That's, it'll, just me. <laughs> that's it. I'll keep, I'll keep you busy. You'll certainly have no short, no shortage of work to 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 process through anyway as well. But uh, well, I'm not saying I'm not. I'm not pretending I've got two hundred thousand good photographs. That would be ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I have yep. two hundred thousand exposed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are. They are. In two, they are two entirely different things. As as we all as we all know, that's that's the thing. Yes. What looks great yeah. on a three-inch screen at the back can look very different when it's blown up on the computer when you get it home. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the great disappointment. But on, on that note, Rachel, it's been a pleasure chatting to you once again. Always great to catch up with you. Um, I look forward to, to the next episode when hopefully we're going to be discussing um, a very limited edition run of, uh, of a Sirens book or something like that. So no pressure, not putting that out there for anyone who might be interested um but uh yeah maybe that'll be the next conversation but yeah it, thank you very much again for for uh, taking your time out to speak to me and also for the support for biblical escapes as well it's it's really appreciated oh thank you you're doing a good thing with it and um, keep going more power to your elbow <laughs> cheers rachel thanks